And this is where pray, prayer plays such an important part of our life equation because our conversation with our Heavenly Father begins His intervention. Now, He doesn't need us to pray to Him to fix us. He could do it very, very easily without even hardly thinking about it. But He wants our partnership. He wants our active participation, not only in the exercise, but in the very communion with Him. You see, our Lord loves you. He loves you so very much. And he wants you to live that very best life that you can possibly live, which he had in store for you from the very beginning. He wants to heal those vulnerabilities and rebuild the walls of your heart and your soul, just like Nehemiah and the walls of Jerusalem. As we continue on with Nehemiah's prayer, I'd like to move on to the petition of redemption. And in Nehemiah 1, 6 and 7, he says, I confess the sins we have committed against you. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted corruptly toward you and have not kept the commands of your statute and ordinance you gave your servant Moses. Now understand that repentance is a very large part of prayer because our Lord wants us to be in a right relationship with him. He wants us to be righteous as he is righteous. So we're to confess both the known and unknown sins for which we are guilty. Now this has a threefold purpose. First, it restores the righteous state between our Lord and ourselves. Secondly, it sets us free from the burden of the yoke of those sins. And third, it it allows God to give, begin rebuilding those areas of our lives in which sin has damaged. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking that as Christians, the blood of Christ has already set us free from those sins. And this is a rhetorical question, but... I would ask, how many of you continue to carry the burden of those sins for which you have already asked forgiveness for? In this area, prayer may well be a progressive action, which leads me to another underlying theme of prayer of itself. God always answers prayer. Let me repeat that. God always answers prayer. There are three ways in which our Lord answers prayer. One is to say, no. I have something better for you. Please understand that when God closes a door, he always opens another one. And the problem that we face as mortal beings is that, well, we more often than not sit staring at the closed door long enough that the open one closes. The second way God answers prayer is yes, but not yet. You must be patient and keep following the path I have laid for you. Me personally, that's been one of the most difficult things for me 
is being patient, waiting on God. Because God does things in his own time and in his own place and in his own manner. And, well, it can drive me crazy when he doesn't do it the way I want to, when I want to, how I want to. And lastly, he answers yes. It is my will that your petition be so. And of course, those are the things that usually bring smiles to our faces because we can see God actively working in our lives. So as we return to Nehemiah, we can see that God answered his petition and honored his confession of his family's sins and allowed him to go from a very, very cushy job that he had in Babylon as the king's cupbearer, a job where he had money, he had great living status, higher than most of the Babylonians themselves. And he was going to go to a place which was torn down, ruined by war, to a people he'd never known, in a status that was much lower than what he'd come to know. So we return to, excuse me. <laughs> now we go uh, to the part where Nehemiah goes and he sends up praises to the Lord. And he says, Yahweh, the God of heaven, the great and awe-inspiring God who keeps his gracious covenant with those who love and keep him, his covenants, let your eyes be open and your ears be attentive to hear your servant's prayer. This is something that I more than often forget to do, and that is to praise God. And this is probably one of the most difficult aspects of prayer for most of us. As Christians, we can sometimes be so wrapped up within the storms of life asking God for deliverance that we forget to stop and look around and see all the majesty that he created to give him praise for that alone, for being the creator and father of all things. So now we have to speak about two types of praise, and I will be brief. One for whom he is, the creator of all things, and the sustainer of all things. And the other for what he has done, is doing, and will do in our lives. Now, Nehemiah, he gave the Lord humble praise because of whom God was. But what we don't see in this verse specifically is that he's giving God praise for keeping his covenants to those who love and keep his commands. Because he told Moses, he prophesied to Moses that he would scatter Israel, but he would bring them back at a later date and he would rebuild them. And Nehemiah played a pivotal role in that. And with our journey through the power of prayer almost in the end, I'd like to share 
with you one of my personal experiences of God's divine miraculous intervention in my own personal prayer rock. But first, watch this. She started to cry and thought he ain't coming home She was tired of the lies, tired of the fight But she didn't want to see him go She fell on her knees and said I haven't prayed since I was young But Lord above, I need a miracle Miracles, um, they're all around us. We see them each and every day. Most of the time we walk right past them and never really give them the attention that they deserve. My miracle is sitting right here, my son Jackson. In um, 1998, I was married and we conceived our first and only child, um, on our wedding night and his mother went off to the army not long after that now many of you may or may not know that in basic training whether it's officer or enlisted <clears throat> uh, the recruits have to go through the tear gas chamber because our government wants us to know that if we ever have to use this device on somebody we need to know what it feels like I have to say that when I went through the tear gas chamber, it was one of the most awful things I've ever been through in my entire life. It felt like my whole body, inside and out, was on fire. Well, we didn't know that we conceived on our wedding night. So about a month after that, she went through the tear gas chamber. And she experienced exactly what I experienced. <clears throat> and then about a month after that, we found out that we were going to have a child. Now, since I had already been through the tear gas chamber, and I knew just a little bit about human anatomy, I knew that this could possibly affect the growth of our child. So I prayed at that point in time, every single day, on some days, multiple times during the day, sometimes full of tears. I prayed that he would be healthy, just a healthy Baby, and at that point in time, we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl, healthy boy or girl. That's all that mattered to me was that he was healthy. So we're in Germany, and it's time for her to give birth. And she gives birth to this healthy baby boy. But the doctors noticed at the bottom of his coccyx, at the bottom of his spinal cord, that there was an indentation that looked weird, almost like a scar. And basically, they postulated that his spinal cord hadn't closed at the time that it was supposed to close 
during the gestation period. But right at the very last moment before there was nerve damage, it had closed. Now, had it not closed, he would have had a disease called spina bifida, and he would have been paralyzed from the waist down. I've dealt with kids in my nursing career that had spina bifida, and they have a multitude of comorbidities. Their lives are very, very difficult. Some may say that this is by chance. I don't believe anything is by chance. I believe that this was God himself reaching into Jackson's mother's womb and closing the spinal cord so that he could be the strong and powerful young man that he is sitting in front of me right now. And that brings us to the time that we should look at the framework of Nehemiah's prayer and the correct sequence, the correct model of what prayer should look like for us. Nehemiah first praised God for whom he was and what he was doing in the lives of himself and the Israelites. He then asked for redemption from his sins so that he could have a right relationship with the Lord. And finally, he petitioned the Lord for a specific thing, which was to go to Jerusalem, repair the walls, and take away those vulnerabilities that the Israelites had who were living there. Now here in Nehemiah 10, you can see that he says to the Lord, there are your servants and your people. You redeemed them by your great power and your strong hand. And what I want to say is that through prayer, he can redeem each and every one of us through his great power and his strong hand. He can do more abundantly things that we never even would have imagined if only we would ask him. I can promise you if you follow this recipe, you will please our Heavenly Father infinitely. And he will bless you with knowledge and the presence of great and hidden things. Let us pray. Pray. Lord God, we come before your throne and we thank you for all the blessings that you give us. We praise you for who you are, the Lord, God, creator, sustainer, and redeemer of this creation, Lord God. And I praise you for each and every one of the people that are sitting here today, Lord God. And I pray that you would take the words that I have spoken and that you would see them, them in their hearts, that they may contemplate them and prayerfully give you the praise and the communion that you rightly deserve and that we desperately need. We thank you, Lord God, for all the things that you will be doing in our lives. And we pray that you would take us to great and wonderful places so that when that happens, <clears throat> we can give you glory for all these things. And most of all, Lord God, we want to thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who came down to earth to die for our sins and to save our souls. In his blessed name we beg and pray. Amen.